morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal and I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to the Cannabis Daily Show for Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. Since 2017, Business of Cannabis has highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry. We look to do that here every day. We'd love to hear from you in the comments and always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com as well as through all of our social channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please, as the kids say, smash the subscribe button. Following today's rundown of the top news, we'll connect with Matthew Hutchinson, the Vice President of Logistics at LeafLink, to talk about cannabis supply chain logistics right now. Coming up next week, March 30th, we'll have our retail series presented by Leafly and Vitrina Group talking about how to prepare your cannabis retail store and dispensary for 420. And then in September, we'll be in New York City again for Business of Cannabis New York for a two-day bonanza. More information on that below as well as links to the event page. Now for today's stories, strap in because it's a big one. Two huge deals to start your day that actually missed the, our deadline for, for yesterday, but Aurora acquired Thrive and Greybeard, their Greybeard brand, and Cresco acquired Columbia Care. We'll get to that in a moment. Cantor Fitzgerald has weighed in on safe banking and how it might happen. Tilray is selling their Nanaimo facility. Former Chrono CEO uh, Mike Gorenstein is returning. And Dr. Reddy's is entering the European market. For our first story. It's never a dull moment, and after hours yesterday, Aurora announced its acquisition of Thrive Cannabis and their Grey Beard brand, which is well-received both throughout Canada, but also specifically with retailers themselves. It includes a uh, Farmgate store here in Ontario, so kudos to Bubba, Robin, and the whole Thrive crew over there. And in a massive deal in the U.S., the rich are getting richer. Cresco Labs is going to become the new leader in cannabis, as they say, with the acquisition of Columbia Care in a $2 billion deal. More on all of that uh, tomorrow with some analysis as well. For our second story, but not really unrelated to the first one, the only way for safe banking to pass is if Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer allows it to be heard, go through committee and voted on according to a memo by Cantor Fitzgerald and shared in a tweet by Business Insider's Jeremy Burke. Quote, we assume Senator Schumer would want some add-ons to the current safe version in order to get behind it, but the memo continues. But on the other hand, these add-ons cannot lead to a loss of Republican support. And just to clarify, the nature of those add-ons would be criminal record expungement, social equity provisions, and or research, which really would lose Republican support. So, uh, Cantor Gerald painted, I think, a fairly bleak picture of safe banking this year. For our next story. After its merger with Afria last year, Tilray made its new headquarters in New York City and put its eight-year-old facility in Nanaimo up for sale. Now, that building has sold, putting 170 locals in Nanaimo out of work. There was nothing like it in Canada, quote uh, from Kim Smythe, the Greater Nanaimo Chamber of Commerce president. We were the first. It was quite a coup at the time. Sorry to the folks in Nanaimo. For our next story, after stepping down as CEO of Ontario-based Kronos in 2020, Mike Gorenstein's back at the helm, reports MJ Biz. Former CEO Kurt Schmidt has now retired. In the last two years, Kronos lost an estimated $475 million U.S. million and announced it's selling off its Pete's Naturals campus growing facility in Stainer, Ontario. In a statement, Gorenstein said he would focus on, quote, creating a more agile supply chain, the U.S. cannabis market, rare cannabinoids, and cutting costs and increasing ROI. Sounds like everybody's turnaround plan of every single company over the past two years. For our final story, the fourth largest pharmaceutical company in India, Dr. Reddy's, has entered the European cannabis market, this according to Business Can. With President Joe Biden signaling that the U.S. would shift away from pharmaceutical imports, there could be more interest from India's massive pharma sector in the European market. 
As for Dr. Reddy's, the company's initial focus will be on Germany, which head of medical cannabis Ozan Tamazken says presents an opportunity to meet unmet patient needs. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 10,000 others and catch all of these stories in your inbox and more every day at 7 a.m. Eastern with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. So sign up for that on our website at businessofcannabis.com. Coming up, a BFC Live conversation with Matthew Hutchinson. He's the Vice President of Logistics at LeafLink. We connected with him to talk about LeafLink's approach to new markets, including New York, how the logistics services they provide have grown alongside the industry, and how specialization is happening throughout the supply chain and the sector right now. Matt, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jay. Really excited to chat today. I'm excited to chat too. And uh, you are the VP of Logistics at LeafLink. And I just imagine in front of you is like 700 screens with like who's ordering what, where the product is going, yeah. trucks. Like, is, am I, are you? Is you're, it like, you're not uh, off base. It's okay, good. It's, it's pretty close. We've got a number of, uh, we've got maps running around with, with the trucks and the in the five states we're operating in today, um, where you're, we're seeing where everything is, watching on time rates, making sure things are getting delivered, making sure that what we're picking up is and dropping off is all accurate, and then you know making sure that we're filling orders on time. So definitely have all those dashboards and are, are constantly looking at that stuff. You're it's not like, too far off. It's like cannabis traffic control. That's right. That's right. A little air air traffic, watching all the different people moving around, making sure that everything is getting there on time. I like that. That sounds. Awesome. I, yeah, once worked, yeah. I once worked for a garbage company. They had similar things with their <laughs> trucks. And that was like every day, but it was a lot earlier than I imagined your trucks. Well, trucks probably <laughs> well, early, but it you was know, like, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Uh, it, it also depends on where you're sitting in the country, right? Uh, right. We've That's got right. operations. Yeah. We've got operations across, you know, the entire country from Massachusetts all the way to California. And so we got different people waking up at different times, getting trucks on the road pretty early. So um no it's it's definitely an interesting kind of uh run across the different markets there yeah and it must be interesting and and obviously and you guys share a lot sort of like are there trends that well you have access to that we don't but that are like maybe unique maybe post-pandemic or during pandemic that have happened that that either weren't happening before or happening at a different clip now yeah i think you know i don't know that i would entirely attribute it to the, the pandemic in general but i think what we're seeing is um, a, a realm of kind of specialization start to occur in a lot of places where people realize what they're really good at and defining what their strategies are uh, and then kind of looking for other people to help take some of the pain off their plate, right? Um, and so what we've seen is, you know, logistics is not something that when you, when you signed up to be a, a cannabis company and operate in this space and really grow your business, a lot of people focused on uh, well, I want to make great products. I want to build amazing brands. I want to create amazing consumer experience. Nobody was like, I want to move packages across the state and uh, deal with uh, blizzards and you know wildfires in different parts of California and Colorado, right? Nobody thought about those things, or or, or if they did, you know, they they're forward thinking. And so what we're finding is that those people who had previously set up their their own shops, their own way of of moving those things are starting to, to move away from that and really focus on the areas that they're really good. So whether that be 
you know, co-packing, manufacturing, um, whether that be building amazing brands and outsourcing some of those different elements, whether that's focusing on on the retail side and rolling up shops and growing those uh, those businesses to create uh, a brand from the, the consumer perspective uh, with the retail shops, you know, we're seeing more and more people move away from having to deal with a lot of the, the pain of the back office stuff that they didn't really anticipate. Um, and so that's really led to some really interesting opportunities for LeafLane to, to continue to kind of mature in the space where, uh, whereas a lot of people know us as the marketplace, uh, which is a, a huge part of who we are and what we do. Um, but as we've continued to um, look across the space, solving additional supply chain problems has become a real um, real driver for, for what we're trying to bring to the industry, which is where the logistics and the payment sides of the business really come in. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because, um, uh, for the better, I think, for the industry, um, it's starting to look like other sectors, right? Like, right, like there, are, right. there are breweries, of course, like thinking about beer, there are breweries, of course, yeah. that distribute their own thing within a very tight radius, right. but many more go to centralized distribution hubs to like, mm -hmm. you know, whoever's distributing Budweiser is now distributing, you know, 400 other types of beer and beverages as well, because someone else does it better than you do. And, and you're good at, you're good at growing cannabis, you're good at packaging, good at brand building, all that. But it's really hard to be great at that and be great at sort of watching trucks right. frankly, all over the it, country all out. That's right. They're two different things, right? They're two very different businesses and they're two uh, very, com very complex sides to both of those, those elements. And I think you know, what we're also seeing is um, the need to have more control of your actual supply chain, especially as a retailer, right? And so whereas traditional alcohol and you know, traditional cannabis even uh, we're focused on, you know, retailers, uh, or excuse me, where distributors moving product around, dropping product off. There are so many brands in the cannabis space today um, in such a wide variety of forms, um, you know, for consumption that the SKU count is, you know, pretty large for a lot of these retailers and being able to actually control that inventory, making sure that, that inventory is staying on the shelf is becoming um, a a bigger and bigger uh, component to a successful retailer. And so we're starting to see kind of this idea of moving to a centralized distro on the retail side, rather than just on the, um, the brand side where a retail or retail chain will order 30, 40, 45, 60 days of inventory, hold that inventory in their hub, and then uh, leveraging tools that we're able to provide to them, pull that inventory down and just get two deliveries a week restocking their entire flow, eliminating any of those stockouts that um, that continue to kind of plague a lot of the, the different retailers in the space. And then also leveraging that to free up their working capital, leveraging some of the payments aspects of the business. Yeah. And it's it's a bit also maturing on the retailer side too, whether they're, you know, mom and pop or, or, or more right. than one store is that everybody's growing up, right? Like it's- That's right. It's, they it's have both to, right? the brand and product side, but also on the retail side. And you realize that, you know, cannabis is of course unique in its product and it's, you know, worth to society, but the logistics of a supply chain are incredibly complicated and, and only people like you, Matt, got into it to actually do that work. <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, it, it is, it's, it's certainly interesting to see kind of that maturity starting to take take hold, right? Whether it's, you know, working through LeafLink or on their own, you're starting to see people really um, dial in their supply chains, thinking about things like, you know, supply contracts, thinking about things like 
Um, you know, what are the right manufacturing runs? How do I free up my cash flow so that I'm actually, um, you know, able to, to support the business in other ways? And I think it's really a good thing because as these companies become more mature along those lines, it's going to create, um, you know, a, a better experience for the consumer ultimately uh, as they as people dial in their su supply chains. Yeah. And that one of the really exciting things that sort of we're watching and we've sort of not been a part of, but helping present is sort of what's happening in New York, sort of LeafLink's sort of home base yeah. uh, or yeah. headquarters. And it, it is a market that is exciting for, I mean, any number of reasons. One, it's huge. So just relative size is important. Sort of central location in the Northeast, leading, you know, leading culture on so many different levels. It's where the capital, totally. like all those things. And like they happen to be or seem to be or trying to do social equity and cannabis in a really interesting way. Like, how does that look to you guys as you look at new markets and accordingly in your backyard? Yeah. Like, how does that work for LeafLink as you sort of approach the next step in New York? Yeah, New York is certainly uh, an exciting market for LeafLink, given that it is, you know, we're headquartered in New York, we're based, you know, you know, downtown Manhattan and uh, a really exciting time for us. I think when we look at it, um, the social equity piece is really what stands out to us because, you know, when you, if, as we look at, at least how we look at ourselves internally, we see uh, our, ourselves focusing on, you know, transparent markets, markets that allow for equitable, equitable competition. Uh, and that's really the foundation of a marketplace at, at its core. Um, and as we're building out our supply chain platform, uh, you know, being able to provide services that enable what, what appears to be really the template for social equity, both uh, you know, on the retail and on the manufacturing side, and a lot of the things that they're doing, talking about setting up specific funds for businesses, um, we're, we're really excited about it. I think, um, we're able to to kind of we've been able to work alongside some of the um, some of the regulators there to, to kind of help show kind of what we've seen work well in certain markets and not work well in other markets. And you know, <clears throat> I think a lot of people have been focused on trying to do right on the social equity side. It feels like, and it's still early days, a lot to be seen, but it feels like New York is is doing a lot to move those things in the right direction. Um, I think the, the one area that we're super mindful of is uh, access to capital for a lot of these uh, social equity license holders. And so, you know, LeafLink has been spending a ton of time, you know, talking to both the state as well as um, potential participants in the industry to figure out what is it that we can do leveraging um, our kind of scale to actually enable a lot of these operators to become successful and get stood up and and be able to compete in what what <clears throat> what appears to be a really exciting market. Yeah, uh, can, can I ask you a question that I, I hadn't planned on asking until you started talking about it? But sure. Um, and that is, um, in your free time, <clears throat> which of which there is very little, uh, I am sure, uh, based on sort of when we're talking and sort of what's yeah. on your plate, and 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 knowing the screens or thinking <clears throat> about the screens you're watching, like, it, do do you think about things like, oh my goodness, if there was interstate commerce? How would we operate that from a leafling perspective and moving product across state lines? Like, do you think about that and where like the distribution yeah. hubs, like, are you thinking like Amazon style distribution hubs and central locations off like the New Jersey throughway or whatever? I, I, yeah. So we're definitely are thinking about uh, interstate commerce, you know, like there's, we think that there's still probably a little bit of runway before we get to that point. Um, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be thinking about it. 
I don't know that I would compare it to an Amazon um, network, if you will, or Amazon owned network. Like we don't own trucks. We don't own licenses. We, we work with local market operators to, to connect them and utilize our technology to make sure that they are, um, that they are moving things effectively and that our customers have an amazing delivery experience um, in using the platform. But we are certainly thinking about when we are partnering with operators, where are they located? Um, where, where are the major terminals and the major hubs going to be in the country? Um, that means that at some point there's going to be uh, supply states and, and demand states. And I think as you look at the West Coast um, and, you know, without getting too deep into some of the trends you, you saw potentially during Q4 on some of the, uh, the flower price compression, I think that is a clear sign that there's a saturation of supply in those markets. And so how do you think about how you could actually leverage the world-class um, cultivation that's happening in those areas and pair that with some of the, the demand that's happening in other areas where it maybe is not as cost-effective to actually you know, grow certain types of supply, whether that's biomass for, for processing or whether that's outdoor flour. Like there's so many different ways to start to think about that and, and what could happen once you have interstate commerce that, to enable and open those things up. Um, and so we're certainly thinking about, all right, how do we position ourselves long-term to when, when, we're, when it's ready to connect those two parts of the, of the country, whether that's through you know, being close to rail lines, whether that's through being close to major hubs, um, those are all kind of part of how we're, how we're trying to position ourselves. You're going to need more screens, lots more screens. I, I think so. I think so. Or, or, or better eyes. It's going to look like screens. NASA. Yeah. It's going yeah, to look like yeah. either NASA or like a big trading desk. It's yeah, going to be great. It's, you know, I think though, while, while that's a really exciting opportunity that's in front of us, I think where, where our head is really focused right now is supporting a lot of the local market operators and making sure that they're, they're operating to the best of their ability and that they're able to focus on what they really are came into the industry for, as I was kind of talking about a minute ago. Um, and, you know, these things will eventually come, but, you know, I think one of the, the challenges about this industry, and I'm sure you've seen this in a lot of your conversations is there's so much opportunity and to make sure that you're focusing on the right things and, and doing those things really, really well, that's where we're trying to, to dial in. And so while these things like interstate commerce are out there, they are uh, they're things that we talk about, but you know we're not necessarily optimizing for at the moment. Right. Well, Matt, this is great. I, I really enjoy sort of getting the latest and greatest from what's happening at LeafLink. Love talking about New York. Love thinking big picture about what the rest of the world might look like uh, if DC ever gets off. Um, I don't know off the couch. I don't even know where DC is. Just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, but but it is. It also is also obviously crucially important to support the operators already in market mm -hmm. and doing great work. So I appreciate the time. Look forward to connecting with you down the road. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. That was episode 53 of the Cannabis Daily Show. Thank you for joining us here. If you did on YouTube, please do subscribe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.